0: The Daily Tap is live for Wednesday. We will talk about Packer-Eagle storylines. We will talk about the Brewers making a little Thanksgiving trade dealing Hunter Renfro. We'll react to that. We'll tell you why it's not that big of a deal just yet. And then we will go over betting lines. We'll do our Friday show. We will run through Packers and Eagles. We'll also do Badgers and Gophers. And then maybe a little free talk at the end, talk about Blackout Wednesday and how it has changed Dramatically uh, throughout the years, so we kind of did that a little bit with Shannon, but we'll run, we'll run it back uh, for today's show as well. Because why not, right? We're all thinking about it, we're all talking about it, and then I don't think we'll have a show Friday. Um, I am planning on not having it. Um, if for some reason I feel inspired to do it, I will get on the sticks and talk to you guys. If I feel like there is enough content, if you will, I am going to the Bucks game tonight, so I have that in my back pocket, but if that's the only thing I have, I don't think that's enough to produce podcasts, but I also wanted to do the Friday show just in case. Like I'm doing this as a just in case. This is the first, honestly, the first time I'm doing this in a while, because usually I always have the self-confidence and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do a podcast, I'm gonna get it done, and then I don't fucking do it. So I am working ahead of it. I am to say plan to not hear from me on Friday, but if you do, um, yeah, it should be should be good. Maybe a little punchy. Maybe we'll do something different. If we if I do do Friday, maybe I just do something completely off the sports realm. and just do just do something like old nostalgia shows. Like we'll just do a ranking show. I don't know. I I, I feel a little nostalgic because I found Step by Step on HBO Max. We can talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it's we'll see what happens. Before we get going, I've already rambled too much early on, but follow us along on social media. Tabby Keg on Twitter, Tabby Keg Sports on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we reacted to the Hunter Renfro thing. We had some Bucks Golden Kegs. Uh, we'll have the review, obviously, for the Bucks. Maybe not Marquette on Wednesday um, and try to produce some content when we can on all throughout the holiday week. I'm hoping to go watch USA England, uh, the group of guys that I thought I was going to go with. I heard absolutely nothing from them, so that was cool. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens. So maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just watch it at home. But still, even I watch from home, having a lot of pints uh, while doing it. Moving on to the Rate the time where I tell you to rate and review. I uh, would really appreciate that. Um, I've, Like I said, we got a great review last week. Let's keep those rolling. Let's keep those momentum. I don't want to just look at the one review. Let's get one or two more. You're, if you're listening to us in the holidays, at uh, least you could do is provide us a review. We're very thankful for all of you. Um, even if you don't give a review, I really appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys that listen maybe once every now and again. Those that listen you know, I don't know, every day. Um, those people I'm really thankful for. Uh, the people that listen to me give my takes that I've given on podcasts in just normal conversation. Uh, I have i can't tell you how many times my guy Twigs or Pat have told me like, yeah, I heard that on the podcast. And I'm like, fuck. Like, I hate that. I hate when I do that. And I have to remind myself that, that there are people who listen. And it, it, it does feel good in a weird way, uh, but I also don't want to recycle takes. Uh, but if you listen to enough uh, Big Cat Properties from Barstool, uh, he recycles them, and I think it's just, you can't, like, you don't have a take for everything, or you can't just, you can't finesse your take a little differently. Um, it, it happens to the best of us. So thank you, guys. Um, usually that's said at the end of the show. Um, I Let's do it at the beginning so I can just tell you guys how much I appreciate y'all, and let's talk about Packer-Eagles storylines. Why not, right? It's Wednesday, That's what we do. We talk storylines, and we'll get into Packers and Eagles. The Green Bay Packers are headed to Philadelphia. Philadelphia, we always, I think we always knew this was going to be a tough game, right? For even even before the season started, uh, it's the game after Thanksgiving. It is Sunday night. Philly's a tough place to play. Green Bay has actually had some success there. I haven't lost there. Coincidentally enough since 2016, 2006 Where they got absolutely ramshackled in a 31-9 to loss Where Vernon Morrissey was a running back Hopefully it's a lot different uh, tonight against the or Sunday night, excuse me, against the Eagles I don't know why, I'm, I'm already to Sunday I don't necessarily need to fast forward this weekend This is like the one, one week where you don't fast forward You're like, oh, I want to have this whole week to myself But yes, it is the Packers, it is the Eagles And it is Green Bay's last shot Honestly, it is their kitchen sink game uh, because if the Green Bay Packers want to have a chance at a playoff berth, they have to win this, this football game. Like this, this just has to happen for them. They have to win it. And if they don't, yes, there is still a chance, but then they have to run the table. And I don't want to put ourselves in that position, right? Four and eight, I mean, it would take so much. You have to climb so many mountaintops. Five and seven, you're still climbing out of holes because teams like Washington, Detroit maybe, if Detroit wins against Buffalo, um, the New York Giants, like those are teams you're going to have to go deal with a head-to-head win that's against you. That's a bigger hole that the Green Bay Packers have developed. We talked a little bit about that on yesterday's show. If you missed that. So this is a do-or-die game for Green Bay. Um, Even though they have a chance next week if they're four and eight, it's still do or die-ish, all right? So I think we can say, say that confidently. So what do the Green Bay Packers have to do? We'll start in the storylines on the defensive side of the football. What do the Green Bay Packers need to do to come out of Philly with a win? And what are the storylines that we are gonna be watching? And how could those become a victory for the Pack? First of all, could Green Bay start hot just once? It's been a while since we've seen Green Bay off to a hot start. It has always seemed like the other team is the hammer and then we are the nail. Now the Dallas game was a a great example of potentially starting hot. Even though Dallas scored first, Green Bay was able to get a 14-7 lead, looked like they were going to carry a lead in the halftime, and then they allowed a late score from Dallas thanks to a very soft zone from Joe Barrett. They didn't start hot against Detroit. They didn't start hot against Tennessee. Actually, I mean Detroit to push back on my own take, you know, they they had a chance to start hot in that game, and they were moving on that defense and they couldn't finish in the in the red zone. Washington, they they kind of started hot a little bit, but that was aided by the defense. Getting a touchdown for them uh, The New York Jets game Definitely didn't start hot They looked awful The Giants I think Is the last example Of them starting hot And then they fell apart In the second half uh, The Patriots is also A good example of that Where they started off hot and Or no they, Take it back They did not start hot They started off cold But then they got hot later But yeah, I think with the Eagles team is that they are a first-half team. They have won a lot of first halves this year. They've been much better in the first half than they were in the second half. I do think that's why beating Indianapolis the way they did, trailing 13-3 in the fourth quarter, and finding a way to pull it out means a lot for the Eagles. I think that's a big confidence win for them. And it's not easy to win in Indianapolis, even though the Colts are a shell of what they've been in the past. So that was a big moment for Philly as a team that has sat on leads all season and has run themselves into a little bit of trouble here and there. With the knowledge that Philly starts quick, the Green Bay Packers are going to have to make sure that they counteract that. They're going to make sure they keep pace. Whether it's the Eagles scoring, whether it's the Eagles you know, winning the, the field possession, the Packers need to win it right back. And that is kind of how you start up hot. If the Packers are able to hold a lead in the halftime, I feel very good about this game heading into the second half. Even though we saw what the Eagles did last week, I think what the Packers have is a little different than the Colts. Storyline number two is, can can the zone defense Packers actually make things work? So you would think that this is a snarky Joe Barry commentary. It is not. The Jalen Hurts' new bugaboo has been zone defenses. He struggled with it with Gus Bradley. He struggled with it with Jack Del Rio. Joe Barry is also a zone defense guy. Joe Barry could frustrate Jalen Hurts. And Joe Barry has 10 days to come up with a game plan against Jalen Hurts and this Philadelphia Eagles offense. There are absolutely no excuses for not coming up with the game plan that will hopefully get the job done. Now, if you get beat, you get beat, right? If there's a busted coverage, but that shouldn't happen. Actually take it back, busted coverage shouldn't happen. But if you get beat and you're at your spots and everything like that, it is what it is, right? Or you call the wrong defense and they break a long run on you. But there should be so much detail to what Joe Barry does and study what Gus Bradley did and study what Jack Del Rio did and apply the same logic. It is a copycat league. We saw this when the Packers were undefeated in 2011 and Romeo Cornell ran a defense that everybody else followed the rest of the season. That is exactly what Joe Barry needs to do. I don't care about what the Packers are doing right now. It needs to be replica, replicas of Indianapolis and Washington because they did a great job in slowing this potent Eagles defense, Eagles offense. Excuse me, down. So can Joe Barry step up? Can this zone defense actually work for the Green Bay Packers? We'll have to see. I mean, the jury's still. Up. I don't think any of us can trust it, right? None of us can look, our, look each other as fans straight in the eye and be like, "Yeah, Joe Barry's going to come through and make this work." I think we all are laughing at that. Quay Walker has a chance for another big day. That's another storyline for sure. Quay Walker was awesome in the game against Tennessee. He did really well uh, holding down Derrick Henry. He was everywhere on that field. They kind of used Quay Walker as I hope they would this season as more of a roving linebacker and it really paid off. Now you get Quay Walker against Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts likes to run the football. Jalen Hurts is a powerful guy. Quay Walker is an equally powerful dude. Quay Walker knows what Jalen Hurts is all about. They played against each other in the Alabama-Georgia matchups. Or, I actually, with Quay Walker... Because Quay Walker was a sophomore redshirt. So maybe he didn't play against him. But, But regardless... Still, kind of knows what Jalen Hurts is all about, right? Like there are people that have played against you. The tape that's out there, right? He could talk to Nick Saban, right? If he wanted to, he wouldn't probably, or Kirby Smart. Excuse me, not Nick Saban, but he could talk to Kirby Smart and be like, "What do you have for me on Jalen Hurts?" And they could get that. And there, I honestly, if I were if I were the Packers, I would be reaching out to those type of people. I'd be looking for any edge that they could get. Like I said, this is a kitchen sink game. Also, will we see the debut of Jonathan Abram? Is that on the table? We have not seen Jonathan Abram yet. He, I don't I don't know if he's played a snap so far. He's been active. Uh, but we have not seen Jonathan Abram. We didn't see him against Dallas. We didn't see him against Tennessee. I would imagine that this is the day for Jonathan Abram. Now, will he start? I'm unsure. I would not like that, personally. Uh, Jonathan Abram has struggled this year in terms of coverage. Uh, he can hit, he can really hit. And if you use Abram as sort of a heat-seeking missile, I'm all for that. Uh, there was a stat out today. I think it's called the Shannon. Uh, not our guy, Shaken. It's called, which by the way, I see him at Brothers tonight. Uh, a little plug in the middle here. It is called, yeah, it's the Shannon Anthropy. That's what it's called. I, I don't know if Shannon is the person who created the metric, but it's the most versatile defensive backs through the first 11 weeks of the season. Javon Brister at the top, that hurts. Um, just because Javon Brister probably should have been a Packer. But that's here or there. Uh, it, draft Christian Watson with Devontae Wyatt spot and take Jaquan Brister at the second-round pick, and the Packers are thriving right now offensively. But that's here and there. Abram is actually the fourth most def- versatile defensive back in 2022. So he's playing in different spots, lining up all over the field. I would imagine that comes out to play for Green Bay against Philadelphia. I think Jonathan Abram is a secret weapon for, for the Packers. And they did... I don't the Eagles haven't played the Raiders this year, so there's they don't have really any tape on Abram. They know what Abram's about. Like I said, Abram's not a good cover corner cover safety. You don't want him covering. But I will say to that advantage, there's no Dallas Goddard, right? Dallas Goddard being out with injury means that the middle of the field might not be as much of an issue for the Green Bay Packers to worry about. Yes, you have Devonta Smith, who got a lot of, I felt like, the Goddard shares. I had six catches, I think, for 78 yards in that game against Indianapolis. Yes, you have to deal with A.J. Brown on the outside. But I, I do think that you're going to have, you're going to have some opportunities. You also have the Rasul Douglas revenge game. Uh, that should be worth noting. Rasul Douglas was a fourth round pick by the Eagles. I, that has to weigh hard on that defensive backfield. And hopefully they do it for Sewell um, and they get it done. But yeah, those are the defensive storylines. So you're like, Charlie, there are offensive storylines too, right? Absolutely. I just kind of kind of try to do it a little bit differently today. And you guys can let me know, uh, Tapping the Keg Sports, Tapping the Keg, if you think you like this or if you like kind of going back and forth or like the most important storylines, if you will. These are all important, right? They're all my, kind of all my children, all my storyline children. Uh, but yeah, so we did defense first. Let's go to offense. Aaron Rodgers, can he rebound from that awful fourth quarter? There was a lot of criticism about Aaron Rodgers. There's been criticism about Aaron Rodgers all season, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked awful in the fourth quarter. He was accountable for that fourth quarter. Uh, it's convenient when Aaron Rodgers actually is accountable. No one seems to care. No one seems to notice that. No one seems to call that out. That Aaron Rodgers is actually you know, making amends here and saying, hey, I played like shit. I need to play better. I always feel good about an Aaron Rodgers bounce-back moment, right? I, I really do. I, I think... That exists. I, I truly, I truly believe in him. And I, I think that Aaron Rodgers can be back. Now, there were some reports that Aaron Rodgers had a broken thumb. We talked a little bit about that on, on the show Monday. Rodgers told Pat McAfee, the thumb is basically it is what it is. I'm not gonna rely on it as an excuse. I will say to Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's listening, uh, Aaron, if it's broken, man, fucking take a couple weeks off, okay? If it really is broken, take some weeks off. I think Mitch's theory, if you missed that on Monday, his theory was if they lost to Philly, you know, sit him for Chicago, let him rest for two weeks and just see where the chips lie. If you beat Chicago, then you're five and eight, there is still that outside shot and then you bring Aaron Rodgers back well-rested with two weeks off. I love that theory for Mitch. I doubt it will happen. Even if the Packers lose, I doubt it will happen. Aaron Rodgers will go down with a sinking chip. He has an ego that we all know about. Uh, he, does, he doesn't shy away from that ego. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers will allow that to happen. So that said, he can rebound in this game. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles play a very good defense and a very good secondary, but there has been some cracks, right? Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator, has come under a little bit of fire from Eagles fans. Uh, they're starting to get a little bit frustrated with him. And like any other, any other good team, you start finding, finding what's wrong with them. You get a book on them. My, my dad talks about this all the time with in baseball, but it's like you finally get the scouting report that you need. And I feel like teams are. I feel like the Colts were able to get some of that. Obviously, Washington had a great game plan. I would look a lot, and hard at what Washington did. And the Eagles really haven't played that many good teams. I'm not saying the Packers are a good team, but they are talented enough to give the Eagles a game. And Aaron Rodgers can play a massive role in that. Now, we'll see if it's Watson. We'll see if it's Cobb. This is a very big test for Christian Watson. I want to get to that a little bit later. Alan Lazard, what what does his bounce-back game look like? It was a bad game for Alan Lazard, too. Does he bounce back? Robert Tunyon, has been, his snap count has been ramping up. Do we see more from Big Bob out there? Um, I, I, I do think there are ample opportunities for the Green Bay Packers in this game. And Aaron Rodgers can rebound. He loves playing on primetime. His primetime numbers are great. He didn't do much in the last one against the Bills, where it was all Aaron Jones and a little bit of AJ Dillon. We need to see at least something from Aaron Rodgers. And also, too, this is this is so funny because we were all so against the run, or we were also against the pass earlier in the year. But if the pass is working, man, ride that fucking pass. And that's the Matt LaFleur stuff that I get real nervous about. Because it doesn't necessarily seem like Matt Lafleur has a plan most nights. It's like we're sticking to it, that's the plan, but we're not deviating from it. And that, I think, is a worry, um, to say the least. Alright, moving on to other offensive storylines that we have for you. Speaking of the ground game, uh, Green Bay's ability to move on the ground with now and Sue and Linval Joseph on the Philly defensive front sue and joseph like to stop the run howie roseman being the proactive gm nice that they have that in philadelphia signing the and sue and linval joseph to clog up the middle uh, with jordan davis out now i don't like that There uh, their numbers looked at it where joseph and sue basically shut down the run and when they were out there it was a real problem when they weren't out there it wasn't there are two schools of thought you can look at this number one they are going to be a little more tired with week number 2 right uh they've now played one full game now they've now they're in it now they have the bumps and bruises again and they might kind of be weathered right there's a reason why Levant, laval joseph and Dominican sue were out there because these guys are show have shown their age in the past will they start to wear down you could also argue well now they're fresh now they know what they're doing in the Eagles defense they could even be better we'll have to see Somehow, some way Nodomican Sioux always seems to come around for the Green Bay Packers, right? There is a storied history with Sue and Rogers. They do not like each other. They are not friends. The offensive linemen for the Green Bay Packers, they're long gone. But Josh Sitton, TJ Lang did not like Nadomican Sioux. There was a lot of beef between Nadomikan and the Green Bay Packers. And somehow he always finds his way to play Green Bay but I still think Green Bay can run the ball. I still think that you can get on the outside with Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon can wear those guys down like Sue and Joseph. He's gonna have to take some big hits. I do wanna see more Aaron Jones than A.J. Dillon. I know it's getting colder. I realize it's more of a Dillon spot, but Aaron Jones is your star player. You need to ride that guy. He needs to be getting the ball 20 times, if you can. If the run's not working, then yes, opt back out to the pass, like I said. Do not stick with the same fucking thing for the entire game. Last thought, last storyline, Christian Watson, first big test, right? You get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's very good. You get Darius Slay, who's very good. This will test Christian Watson. This is not an easy one for Christian Watson. I would not go rushing to the betting table and bet Christian Watson for an any time touchdown in this game, because it's gonna be challenging. And Darius Slay has been really good this year. Um, definitely, I think, has made a case for Defensive Player of the Year, I realize they rarely give that to corners, but he has he's the leader of a very good Eagles defense, so I think Slay deserves a mention. Now, Rodgers obviously knows a lot of Slay's tendencies from his days in Detroit. I would imagine that he is working with his receivers on how to figure that out, how to make that work. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a guy who talks more than Jair. Um, you can get in his head a little bit, uh, you can get him going, and maybe that's something Green Bay needs to look into. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's going to be a really tough one, I think, for Christian Watson. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. And if he does, then I think we might have to reset the bar and reset the expectations on what Christian Watson could be. I mentioned it at the Open, but it's worth repeating. Green Bay has done pretty well in Philadelphia. Green Bay has won a playoff game here. Green Bay has not lost since 2006. They like playing here, and they have in the past. And same with Aaron Rodgers. And I think there are good vibes that come off of this because they, you remember – That's Super Bowl run. And that's where it all started. And it could all start right now for Green Bay again, just in the regular season. And it begins on Sunday night. And after we've watched a copious amounts of sports, we will end with Packers and Eagles and some, and some Bucks and Mavericks. Moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers. I did not expect to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers today, but I am because they traded Hunter Renfro for Jansen Junk and two other pitchers, which we'll get those names for. Elvis Pagero and Adam Samarnas. All three are big league ready. Jansen Junk was up for a little bit for the Los Angeles Angels. Peguero has been up also a little bit for the Halos as well. So why do the Brewers do this? There is a lot of freaking out going on. I am over the Brewers fan base, all right? Uh, I did it on the review. I hate to kind of be that guy. I really do. Um, I don't try to talk down to the fans. That's the last thing I want to do. I think it's the Midwest in me, but we've got out of control. And it's gotten ridiculous where we are criticizing every fucking move that if the Brewers don't sign Trey Turner, no no one in that corner of the Brewer fandom is going to be happy. If the Brewers sign some random shortstop, it's going to be like, well, where's Trey Turner? Where, and like the expectations are so fucking high and I have no idea how we got here. Like I have no idea where it led to this. And it, is it all the Josh Hader trade that blew it all up for people? And I, I feel bad to kind of go on that review and go on a rant, but I had it. I was so mad at the mentions. I was so mad at everybody who just did not understand and comprehend what the brewers might be trying to do. It infuriated me. And if some of you got caught in that trap now, I apologize. It wasn't intentional to you, it was more the collective fan. But yeah, we got to use our heads. We got to think a little bit better here. Okay. Yes, Hunter Renfro, one of the best offensive players for the Milwaukee Brewers last year. That is true. Okay. We cannot deny that Hunter Renfro was a vital asset for the Milwaukee Brewers last year. All right. Making $11 million a year, the Brewers decided they wanted Colton Wong versus Hunter Renfro. Now, Colton Wong still could get moved. There's still a possibility they clear Colton Wong's $10 million. Just because he opted in does not mean that Colton Wong could not could be traded. It seems, I wouldn't say it seems likely, but it seems like there is a chance that Colton Wong could get moved uh, before the offseason is over. So that being said, Green Bay decided, or Milwaukee decided to move off of Renfro's money, which is $11 million. Now, some people are calling it a salary dump. Matt Arnold was quick to push back and say, we are going to reallocate those funds. I asked Brewer fans right now to just wait, to just wait and see. I saw a good tweet from West East. Uh, was it, is his Twitter, I don't know if that's his Twitter name, but anyways, he goes, I didn't know the off season was over which is great because it's true, right? All these Brewer fans are like, oh God, this is sucks, we're, we're gonna suck. And it's not over. I had a tweet last week about Brett Suter where they're like, hey, we want changes, we want changes, we fucked the bite in the apple. Brewers get rid of Brett Suter and everyone's like, whoa, like, wait, 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 chill out, we don't want Brett Suter gone, we want other people gone. And it's like these people, have no idea how to run a fucking organization that is the Milwaukee Brewers. They just don't. They're clueless. Like, of course you get rid of Brent Suter. Brent Suter is not worth $3 million, right? That's number one. Then tonight with Hunter Renfro, the Brewers have a ton of young outfielders. So it's like, wait, well, hey, we want the young guys up. Get the young guys up. But, oh, wait, wait, don't trade Hunter Renfro. You don't want that. You got to take it, man. I personally will be mad at this organization if they, do, if they do not make any more moves in the outfield. If they roll out with, let's just say, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freilich, Christian Elch to start the year, that is not going to be enough. Green, Milwaukee is going to need more offensive firepower. They are going to need to find more power bats. Now, if that power bat results in Jose Abreu, I think we'll all be happy about that, right? think we'll all feel good about Jose Abreu being a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. If that turns out to be another heart, Josh Bell's another example, right? You move off Rowdy, which I know would be an emotional thing for a lot of fans. But if you move off Rowdy for Josh Bell, I think there's there's a lot to like there. And that is a nice free agent sign it won't be good enough because some Brewer fans right now are expecting Trey Turner. They're expecting Nolan Arenado. Well, Nolan Arenado opt in. Bad example. They're expecting that douchebag Carlos Correa. Um, they're expecting Alexander Bogarts like that. Those are the guys they want, and they don't really realize a how hard it is to get those guys, and b the reality of it because it's not happening. Okay, it, unless you know someone it's a depressed market and they get a guy in a one-year deal. They talked about that with Wilson Contreras, right? There is some thought the Brewers might reach out to Wilson Contreras in a grandal sense of things. So the Brewers have a long way to go here. And to bring it back to the rent for trade, we have no idea what this team looks like in March or in April, okay? We don't. And to assume that, okay, they're just gonna start rookies, they're gonna rebuild, is very short-sighted. Milwaukee has a lot of money. I don't know why I keep doing that. Milwaukee has a lot of money to play with right now. They can make some significant overtures with guys on their roster and guys outside their roster. Corbin Burns needs an extension, he might get traded. And if Corbin Burns get traded, I don't know what's next, right? I have no idea. That would be a Razian-like move to trade your best pitcher only to compete again next year. I don't think any of us will feel good about competing if they trade Corbin Burns, we'll obviously have to see the package. The fact that Drew Olson mentioned it kind of perks my ears up. Uh, Drew, old baseball writer, has a lot of baseball connects. Obviously, he wasn't reporting anything. He was just joking. You know, he's a radio host now. He doesn't report anymore. It still perked my ears up a little bit. I can't, I can't deny that. And then there's Brandon Woodruff. You work on his extension. Now, if Brandon Woodruff gets an extension, guess what? Corbin Burns is probably going to trade and then you have Willie Damas. Willie Domas is another guy that you could give an extension to early, earlier than later. You also, to food for thought, could be preparing for the Jackson Trio moment and knowing that you're going to want to pay Jackson Trio out the box. Similarly, what we've seen with Julio Rodriguez, what we've seen with Ronald Acuna. what we see, honestly, the entire Braves fucking roster, right? Um and I just look back and I, 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 I'm not too upset about this. Hunter Renfro is a good player. He was a productive player, but I just think there are more moves to come. I think this is one of many, all right? So I'm not ready to freak the fuck out here and be like, oh yeah, this is, this is over. The Brewers aren't, Brewers aren't going to be anything special. No, I, I just wanna wait. And that's what I ask you all to do. I will also include one of the things that we talked about a lot in this podcast last summer was that the Brewers didn't have any pitching depth. The Brewers were light when it came to pitching depth and that's why guys like Jason Alexander got multiple opportunities. Adding a guy like Jansen Junk, adding a guy like Pereira who could potentially pitch for the Brewers and be productive is vital. The Brewers needed more guys in that bullpen last year. They needed more starters. That was what I thought really cost the Brewers down the stretch, not necessarily getting rid of Hater, but not having enough reliable guys. And that's what I think Matt Arnold's doing with this deal. And I think there are many more to come. I do not think the Brewers are done in the slightest and they will try to get more guys and they maybe trade some guys out. And I think for the fans, they just have to not hang on every move. And I realize they're pissed but at some point, you kinda gotta give it up. And that's what I'm asking. But maybe I'm just talking to a mic and it's one ear out the other if you're one of those Brewer fans. Before we do betting lines, I did wanna mention real quick, I, I didn't do this as a topic, so this is like a bonus, a little bonus edition. Bulls Bucks tonight's fascinating. I'm going, I mentioned that at the beginning. I'm fascinated to see the Grayson Allen, Alex Caruso interactions, right? First game Caruso has played since that injury. Gray Allen will be there. Uh, we'll have to see. There's a Donny Brook. there's a little bit of a fight. I would imagine there's gonna be some jostling, and uh, these guys don't like each other. So we'll see what happens. I would love to be in person for my first NBA fight. Okay, I wanted to, just wanted to include that. We could have gone a lot longer on it, but a little quick hit uh, before we talk about should I bet my team. So do should I bet my team for all on Fridays in the spirit of Thanksgiving and me probably not wanting to tape Thursday night. We're doing it now. Uh, Green Bay Packers are a seven-point dog to the Philadelphia Eagles. The over/under is 46. How, as we do it every week, how confident am I? I go kind of on a confident scale uh, with a fun adjective usually for the Packers and the six, which I would buy up to seven. You're probably eating a little bit of juice, probably minus 130. I think it's worth it if you can get to seven. Uh, if it's like five and a half, whatever, just buy it down to six. If you are a buyer, I personally am. I lost two games because my book didn't let me buy today and they would have been pushing So I would have at least added a few more dollars in my bank account here nor there. Um, I'm not here to convention about that. Packers plus seven sounds good to me. Uh, I think this is a kitchen sick game for Green Bay. I don't know if they'll win, but I, I just look at this and see they got to at least play tough. And if it's a, it's a field goal at the end to beat them, so be it, right? But I, I, they still cover. Now, and I don't, I'm don't i not advocating to take the money line or anything like that, but I would look at this and say, this has been a spot where teams have covered in the NFL, those 7-point, 10-point spreads has worked out well, and I wouldn't count out Aaron Rodgers. And this is Aaron Rodgers' last stand. Um, I'm here for it. So I'm plus 7, feeling pretty confident about it. Over 46 or under 46, I don't have a feel either way. I don't expect it to be ugly. Um, there is some rain in the forecast, which would obviously lean me towards the under, uh, but it's way too early to be talking about whether uh, I think there's going to be scoring in this game. I just don't know if it gets to 47. I have no good feel on this. I kind of looked at it. The Eagles have had, had a lot of overs, Packers too. Um, so there is that area of opportunity where it just becomes a track meet between these two teams. But I'm not ready to go there yet. I don't trust the, and the term Green Bay Packers offensive track me. don't exactly go together. It's like me and a pair of guest jeans. For those unfamiliar, guest jeans are very tight. Do not fit around the tree trunks. Once I tried it years ago, it did not go out over well. As for the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, Wisconsin Badgers are three and a half point favorites now against Minnesota. Minnesota has a back quarterback. Uh, he It's a long Greek name. I will not try to pronounce it. It'll be very annoying if they use like a Greek freak monitor um, when they do social clips this week. They probably will. Um, I would buy that down to three. I would not do the three and a half. There's no fucking way to do the three and a half. Absolutely not, okay? Just buy it down, eat the goddamn juice, and be happy with it. There is a lot of different ways that this is a three-score game. Or I'm sorry, a three-point game between the Gophers and the Badgers. Team is motivated though, the Badgers that is, to get Jim Leonard hired. They want Jim Leonard to have that job. They wanna show out for Jim Leonard. I have a feeling that could lead to a Badger blowout. But again, I still wanna take the three just in case, okay? That is a just in case. It's also a backup quarterback in a tough environment. You also have just the try to get a better bowl game. Try to impress more committees and get a bowl game that you want. I think right now I saw Wisconsin in the Bronx Bowl against Syracuse? Absolutely not. Please do not make Wisconsin go back to Yankee Stadium. They've done it two times already. There's no reason for a third. That is cruel and unusual punishment. But as for my confidence, I'm mostly confident. I feel pretty good about Badgers minus three. I actually feel a lot better about Badgers minus three than Packers plus seven. I would say that's probably my Wisconsin bet of the weekend if you were to do that, which I kind of like that. Uh, as for the under, uh, under 36, is it's too, too low, okay? But I don't also like the over because Badger defense is kind of reverted back. I was 24 uh, 10. And then you had the game 23 10, right? And then last last week we had 15 14. So this defense is balling right now. They are in their bag again against the back quarterback. Could it be a route? Maybe. Do I want to take that shot? No. Um, so I would stick with the under. Um, I don't feel great about it, like, kind of somewhat confident about it. But I'm not. I would not lay those that money down for a 36 under. That's it's too much, especially when the weather's gonna be all right. Like it's gonna be 15 Madison when the Packer or the Badgers play. Um, so I don't necessarily think there's any weather weather issues. It should be all systems go. So you could build a case for me, but I I'm not doing it. Uh, that that is not for me. Um, no feel at all. All right. Let's just do a quick little free talk, man. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving always used to carry a little bit of weight. It doesn't really as much anymore. Um, it's just part of going, getting older, right? Um, you know, in your, in your mid-30s, most people have kids. Um, I would love it if I could get all my friends together. I was talking to Murph and he was saying how a friend of his rented out top of a bar. Um, and I was so jealous of that because I was like, all of us live around here, right? Um, We live in different pockets and I think that's part of the problem, but I I just look at it as a time to get together with people, right? You get together with your family on Thursday. There's no reason you can get together with your friends, have a a few drinks. You don't have to get drunk. You don't, well, you can get drunk, but you don't have to get like wasted. You don't have to be like hammered drunk and hungover for Thanksgiving like that. You don't have to do that. But I, I just look at it as, you know, it's tough. It gets tough, man. Like, I'm seeing some friends of mine I haven't seen in months. And part of it's because they have kids. Part of it is, you know, the people are busy, right? People got a lot of shit going on. I have a lot of shit going on. I, and I sometimes do a bad job of reaching out to people who I haven't seen in a while. Um, that's probably one of my biggest downfalls, I think, as a friend. If I had to look in the mirror and do a little self-scout, is once I stop talking to people, if I'm not in group chat or something like that, I rarely just reach out on my own. And it's, it's, it's a bad look, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so I gotta do better at that. And maybe that's a New Year's resolution. I have always said about New Year's resolutions, sounds from a Pinterest board, but it, it can start whenever you want. So you can start that tomorrow. Like you can say, all right, this is a New Year's resolution for 2023. We're getting a little bonus time with 2022. Um, so... Yeah, I, I'll see what happens. Um, and I, I I look forward to the day. I used to really love the day. When I was in college, club tap, we called the clap. Uh, we went out, we got ripped. It was a lot of fun. I had some brutal hangovers um, on the mornings, but it has gotten better. Um, and I'm not as reckless as as I used to be. Um, so that's that's a good thing. I, got the, I, I at least have that going for me. Um, I, I try to think of when I had the last bad hangover for Thanksgiving. It's been a while. <sighs> I can't remember all of them. And, and it, now it's it's also so weird um, this year compared to the years past because I was working in retail. So I would have off, actually, usually this, like I do have a half day on, the, the, on today. But I would get done, and it'd be nice. But then I'd have to get back at work at eight o'clock, and no one usually was on. Um, yeah, last year was a little crazier than the year prior, but it was, it was. one of those things where I, I'd be locked in, so I couldn't, and I couldn't just you know roll out of bed because i had to be focused on work, and then the next day I had to work. So it was, it really wasn't this time off. So I think why I'm a little more squirrely and a little more nostalgic about it all is it's the first time off for me with a job since 2018. It's just crazy, because 2019, I had this off, but I had every day off, (laughs) I was unemployed, and we've talked about in the past, and I can do it again, but like, that was a very, very down time in my life. So I will offer this, because there's been a lot of layoffs in tech and everywhere else. I will just say, if you do have friends who are laid off during this holiday season, A, check on them, B, do stuff with them, it, you know, whatever that may be. Whether it's, whether they're big movie people, whether concerts, whether they're sporting people, whether they just like to have a couple beers at the bar or brewery people, just do stuff with them because they are hurting. I will tell you right now, holidays and unemployment are one of the worst combinations that you can have. And it's not fun. And there's not much you can do because no one's really hiring in the final two months of the year. So check on those friends. Uh, that that would be my one Thanksgiving week wish to you. Um, and again, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Stay safe tonight and on Friday. Uh, don't get trampled on Black Friday. Don't drink and drive, right? there, You know there are cops out everywhere on, on Wednesday. Just do not take the risk. It's not worth it, um, uh, you know. I'd rather, I guess, pay for a $30 Uber than get busted for a $300 or whatever the hell it is to get a DUI. So the word to the wise, take care of yourselves. Have a great week. Like I said, probably not podcasting Friday, but if my creative gene, my creative brain gets going, maybe, maybe you'll see me on Friday. All right, take care, guys. Have yourself a fantastic Wednesday, Thanksgiving. Enjoy all the turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, uh, whatever you're into, creaming casserole. Uh, I don't have any real Thanksgiving food I don't like. I'm excited for Thanksgiving as well. The other thing to add about excitement at Thanksgiving, I just can't stop talking. It's like I had food poisoning last year, and that was worse. So this is a little bit better. All right, take care of Google. Bye.